Hey all, and welcome to another episode of Shaped by the Sea, the podcast where we dive into the minds of ocean-faring folks to learn from their unique perspectives. I'm your host, Brian Urisitz, and tonight we're joined by my parents, Gerard and Lauren, for a special no-holds-barred episode about bridging the gap between conservatives and progressives on ocean conservation issues. So mom and dad, thanks for joining us and taking taking a break from all this Hallmark holiday uh, TV specials. Um, so it, I, it's really cool to be able to share your perspectives with my audience because you both don't have a background at all in marine conservation, environmental. Yeah. It, you, you both come from a background of business, economics, the stock market, uh, education, teaching. So I don't know if you want to both just introduce yourselves a little bit to the audience, give give a little bit of, of your background so they know where you're coming from. And then we'll just roll on in. Okay, I'll go first. I'm Lauren. And I have, like Brian said, a background in education, mostly um, uh, elementary school education. So shaping young minds. And before that, I worked for uh, major media networks. So I've got two kind of backgrounds going on. Um, and yes, I'm not a conservationist, but I do believe in taking care of our earth. She's my biggest supporter in all the work that I do. She does a lot of beach cleanups, a lot of reducing her plastic usage at home. Very, you're, Thank you for yeah. noticing. Yes. She shares, she shares all my stuff. And, uh, and dad, what about you? Uh, basically I was on wall street for many years. And then, uh, my second career is with real estate management and dealing with, um, buildings and uh, and basically stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it completely different than the route that I ended up taking. Yeah. I never was environmentally conscious. I was never was thinking about it in my younger days. But now I think about it more, and I I, I see the ways of the young uh, generation and why they want to be so conservative. Um, in helping the environment and helping the environment uh, and people not destroying it. Yeah. And, and you, both of your families, I mean, you came from nothing essentially, right. In Queens, uh, you're both from, from New York. Well, you're from New York, from Queens. From the boroughs. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, you, you guys, you and your family, you, you worked very hard to make it where you were, right? Where we are right now. Right. And same, uh, our, our grandparents on uh, my mom's, parents uh they came straight off the boat from italy and grandpa you know worked his butt off and uh in the restaurant business and you know they basically built something themselves in in the realm of business and uh keeping that in mind uh making something for your family and right. and kind of building something so you know that that was really what you both were focused on right mm -hmm. it, you didn't have the luxury of being able to think about environmental issues when you were going through school and, and all that. I mean, right. Well, except for grandma, my mother, um, <clears throat> she was a little ahead of her time because like when I went to school, everybody brought, you know, you all brought your own lunch and everybody used um, baggies, plastic baggies to put their lunches and their sandwiches in and plastic chip bags and all that. And grandma used wax paper to wrap my, sandwich, which made me an outcast, but she said, no, it was better for the environment <laughs> to use the wax paper against my will. I didn't know that about grandma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And anything was, you know, put in paper bags or 
things like that. Yes. Yeah, so, but again, she was ahead of her time because I was, I did not fit in with the rest of the group. Yeah. And so kind of what, what I want this episode to really touch on is, I mean, just our family dynamics, right? Like when we, when we sit down for Christmas dinner, our family's kind of split, right? Yes, like, uh, split. you, you two vote conservatively. Um, and I mean, me for the most part, I vote for the environment. That's, mm-hmm. that's my issue mm-hmm. uh, that I care about. Uh, that's what you think you voted for. Yes. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> We're going to talk more about this. We'll, we'll break it down. But, uh, and our brother, you know, uh, my, my younger brother, he, he kind of drifts around, uh, in the middle and he's, he's kind of like the dark horse of the family. And Alyssa, Alyssa is very progressive in her, in her boat. Um, and so I kind of want to just die. I, I want to share your perspectives with our audience because, and, and I think a good way to start is kind of comparing the way that you both think to, uh, oh, what's that movie with Rodney Dangerfield where he goes he goes back to school. It's called back, back to, to school. It's called back to school, right? <laughs> uh, I'll just age myself. But uh, but in, in in back to school, there's this one scene where he's he's talking with the professor, right? Right. And and the professor, he's an economics professor, and he's trying to explain um, earnings before tax, interest, what EBITDA yes. or whatever it was. Widgets. EBITDA. Yeah, yeah. EBITDA. He's trying he's trying to explain this uh, this and to, in this economics class. And uh, Rodney Dangerfield comes up and he's, he's like, well, you're not accounting for paying the garbage man, to, you know, the waste disposal people. You're not accounting for this cost of doing business. You're not accounting for this other cost of doing business. And all the students are sitting there taking down <laughs> notes on what Rodney Dangerfield is saying instead of the professor. Right. And when, when I see I, I wanted to start with that scene because that reminds me. Oh, your uh, your phone going on? Yeah. My potatoes are ready. Ah, <laughs> uh, the potatoes are ready. Nice. But I wanted to start with that scene because it it reminds me a lot of the way that you both think about environmental issues. Is you know, uh, I'll I'll come I'll come to dinner and I'll I'll bring up this idea of reducing plastic waste or, or um, some you know all clean energies, right? And you both come up with these alternative, like you kind of bring it down to reality. Well, because we've lived the reality, we've lived the life of it. And when you're young, you tend to have a very rose covered view of things and you think you're going to change the world, but the world just goes along the way it wants to go along. No, I think they've and made changes. No, you do make changes, but it's not as, as, as good as you, you think it's going to be because there's too many forces stopping we had this conversation at one point where uh, the Paris Accord that, you know, the, 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 the. Yeah, we're talking the Paris Climate Accord. OK, we pulled out of it and, and everyone's the whole world is like, oh, my God, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. But the Accord is a great idea. It's fantastic. It's got a lot of good merits based on it. But when the people involved in the Accord such as China and India, don't follow the rules and and they the United States is following the rules, but nobody else is, then what the hell are we in the accord for? Because it's not doing anything good for the environment. Because if we can be clean in the United States, it doesn't even matter because if China and India are polluting the crap out of the world, we're going nowhere and the global warming is still going to happen as as you see it happening yeah they're two two of the biggest emitters us is up there as well 
Oh, let's just dive into China then. <laughs> no, but but you no, but the United States, uh, a lot of the states are self-governing themselves. Aside from what political policy is in there, whether it's conservative federal policy, federal policy, whether it's conservative or democratic, it doesn't matter because the states in general are putting uh, blanket uh, things to, to control the CO2 emissions from the cars and, and to control all the pollution that's happening. Granted, businesses are always going to try to skirt the rules and get away with whatever they can and pollute whatever way they can. It's never going to change. But even though you're on the side of, you know, uh, conservation and everything else, you fly in an airplane, you drive a car. Yeah, it's part of the system. You don't ride a bike. Yeah. You yeah. don't ride a bike to and from work. You didn't yeah. ride a bike from New Hampshire to come here 400 and some odd miles. Yeah. No, uh, you, you would never get here. No, it's a good so point. We all we all contribute to the problems of the earth, but we got to all contribute less. Well, yeah. Or, or be have mindful have of it. Have a smaller footprint. Yeah, yeah, but but so China. When I was planning out this this <laughs> conversation, that was going to be a whole section because I know. I would you say that of of all the issues happening in the United States or that the United States has to deal with right now, would you say that that is the 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 conflicts with China are the most concerning to you? Well, yeah, because they're actually doing a lot of pirating with the fishing. They're doing a lot of pollution of the oceans. They're doing a lot of, uh, of pollution with CO2 emissions. Uh, as long as they produce and make money, and they don't care about anything. And they're a communist nation. And I, so they're getting away with it. I think they were just recently caught uh, in, a, in a protected area. The Galapagos, yeah. Yes, in the Galapagos in a protected area. And, you know, so they just get the slap on the wrist. Nothing happens to them. Well, that that's what I was going to say. And, and again, this is this isn't like the people of China, this is the Chinese government. Right, right. And, and one of the things that I wanted to mention too, uh, you brought up the Paris Climate Accord. Um, I, I was reading recently that uh, I, it, this was, I think this month, that China announced that it was going to cut X amount of emissions, right? But the, pr the problem that I've seen with the government of China is the lack of accountability, like you said. Right. What they, they what they announce and say they're going to do, they never do. They always it's, they it's, always skirt it. It's been the same with fishing. There's illegal, underreported, and uh, IUU. I forget the other one, but um, they they fish illegally across our world's oceans. They send out fleets, like you were just saying, to filled the Galapagos. <laughs> yes, fill, yes, filled with. Uh, human trafficked labor. Slaves, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's insane. Right. And people don't know about it. But aside from that, if if China, right, they they've pledged to cut X amount of emissions. They're one of the biggest emitters, right? Um, they you know they're saying that they're going to do it. It's good PR. It's like any government would would say like that's that's what you'd want the world to see is mm -hmm. that we we are stepping in. We're gonna we're gonna make these changes, but. Who are they? They haven't outlined how they're going to do that. There's at least what, from what I've read about it, you know, it's 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 kind of like empty promises right now. And who's who's going to be accountable? Because they're just going they're going to be the ones that are feeding us the figures of of what kind of changes they made. Um, that's like what we see with fishing. They they don't report what's actually happening out on the ocean. So yeah. when it when it comes to China, that's my biggest concern. Um, but it sounds like yeah, we kind of meet. It, we, yeah, we that, that's a place that we we agree on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I'm all for you know. I don't believe the climate 
change is happening. I don't believe global warming the way you believe a global warming is happening. Okay. I, I believe that, that, uh, we may abuse things for a little bit and then, and you get a shift and then, and then it goes back. But so, you know, the one degree shift they're talking about, that's going to happen in the next, uh, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I do not believe is the reality of global warming. I think more of what's happening is like you see uh, islands that have been devastated, like Puerto Rico by storms and everything. And if you go to Manhattan, Manhattan was filled in. It once the map of Manhattan. Uh, how many years ago was it, Lauren? Uh, over a hundred. But yeah, the they original, filled it in with landfill. The original map of Manhattan yeah. does not include most of downtown Wall Street and the East Village, which was all, all built in and built up. That's yeah. No, that's landfill. So and if they, we have, they've done this in Louisiana. We, no, but if we have a big storm and it all gets flooded like it did with Sandy, they're like, oh, it's global warming. It's like, no, it's a landfill. It wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah. But in a way, in a way, though, that is that is climate adaptation that what you're talking about. A lot of cities right now, it's called human adaptation of the land to where it shouldn't be. They just did humans have built humans have built in Louisiana when they shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. They, They build in Galveston, Texas, when they shouldn't. They build in Miami, Florida, which has never been hit. Miami, Florida. It's been hit, but not in a it, really long time. No, but maybe but not flooded. When it, it gets hit again, it'll be it'll be economic damage and devastation. Unlike or, or before, at, because they built in the last 30 years, 40 years, they're like mad and they shouldn't have. Or like the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Yes. That it's a sliver of sand, of right. barrier island that just you're like. You drive by and you on both sides of the highway, you can see the bay and you can see the ocean. You're like, if if I don't know if there's a really high tide, you're kind of screwed here. But I, I think we differ. <laughs> I think we differ on global warming. I don't differ with you on uh, being, you know, very cautious about the plastics we use and that we're dumping them into the sea. I've seen you pull straws out of fish. And it's 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 just insane that that even happens. And fishing and that, line and, and, and the, yeah, the fishing, fishing line, line yeah. and the fishing nets, Killing the birds and the ropes. and the overfishing by you know that 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 that's that be, can be controlled. But I well, think the issue of global warming, I I I really don't believe it. I think it's I think if you look at the human element of what we've done and what we've done and built and and, and the structures we put where they shouldn't be. I think that's the issue, not uh, th- I think you make a real you do make a great point about where that we built where we shouldn't. Right. Uh, like Manhattan. And that's like, skirting the rules because you're not supposed to be building yeah. There's places around here that it was on uh, swamp land and ec- environmentally they were not allowed to build. I'm not going to name names, but they were not allowed to build. Now, suddenly there's this humongous building that's because they know everybody in, in the zoning board. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about the Rodney Dangerfield aspect of right. it. Right. And so I, when it when it comes when it does come to climate, though, I want to I want to talk about one more thing. I want to make a comparison here okay. uh, to Game of Thrones popular show. I think that most people listening probably have seen or heard of Game of Thrones, the plot. Um, I want to think I, I want to make a comparison between climate change mm-hmm. and the White Walkers. Right. <laughs> and I'm Jon Snow. All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But but in in that realm, right, of Westeros, uh, climate change, a few people are the guardians of of the realm, right? They're the ones that are seeing this this problem that not everyone believes in, right. that only a few people have really seen. You know, they, and everyone's like, oh, he's, he must be crazy. He's talking about goblins and and all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, Jon Snow goes up, he sees the White Walkers. I would compare the White Walkers to climate change because it's like this this impending doom that not everyone sees yet. They haven't crossed the wall and made it down, right, right. to Westeros. So everyone everyone else is dealing with the other kings, the battles, and, mm-hmm. and the the immediate like present day problems that they have, you know, people trying to kill them and all that versus this mysterious force that they hear rumors about far away and it's not connected to them. So I I don't know. Does that make any sense to you? No, it makes total sense to me because by time a problem hits, it's going to be too late for anybody to do anything about it. And, And I agree with that point with the environment. I don't believe it's climate change. I believe it's the way we are destroying our environment. Destroying nature. See, I, I, I believe how we are destroying nature as people is the problem, not global warming. But aren't we causing global warming as people? I don't <laughs> think we're cl- causing global warming. I think we're destroying the environment. Well, this, it, Which it, then, right. in turn, you could well, call it global warming, but I don't call it. Global well, look, we're warming. not. It's it's not. It's not. The, maybe I'll break it down for you just well, first. No, John Snow, listen one minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you're going to equate it like the Paris Climate Accord and the White Walkers, so the White Walkers are coming. And Jon Snow and his little group of people, which are the United States, are supposed to give up everything in their whole lives and their livelihood to protect all the other people who are living like yes. kings and slobs, which are India and China. For what? Well, that that's the... Well, si- so yeah. what you need, it's not that I feel like we need to... Well, you're polluting. Well, we need to pollute too then. So, ha. No, I feel like, well, we're cutting back. We're, we're not supposed to build new coal mines. We're not supposed... Well, you're not supposed to either. Even Europe is allowed to keep. They're continuing to build on coal mines. Well, India is building coal mines. China's building coal mines. We had to stop. So now our people are starving. Instead of saying, "Well, we'll build more," also, no. How about we all stop? Yeah. Well, that that's the central problem with a lot of the environmental issues, like mm-hmm. overfishing, pollution, all this, is that it's cheaper to do the wrong thing, and it's more costly right now, at least, to do the right thing. Right. And so we either have to. And that's the big problem is and that we I, all I agree with you on that point because industry will always, always err to the side of whatever costs me less and I can make more profit. So that that is and that's predictable day one. And that's predictable. But it's also because everybody else is out there making a profit. So right. why can't you? And right. I'll equate that with the overfishing so that's- and the Chinese uh, uh, illegal fishing. You have all these people, I'll say in the United States, who are completely against slavery. They're against the overfishing. They're against anything that's not. But they'll go out to their favorite sushi place and get the most decadent fish. Yeah, spicy tuna rolls, all the good stuff. Anything. They don't They don't ask where it's from. They don't care if it's sustainably caught or fit, farmed or whatever. They just want to have it. But they'll hold an oak tag sign on Twitter that says, I'm against all of this. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll we're protest. kind of against. We're kind of the people that are against the people who wear T-shirts, <laughs> saying, saying, you know, 
support the environment, but meanwhile, you, all you're doing is wearing an F and T-shirt and yeah. drinking their Starbucks plastic cup and then throwing it out and, on the street for yeah, somebody else to pick up. We have bamboo straws in this house. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. No, no, that, and that's that's a good point. Um, and, and I'll talk about just the way the way. <laughs> so you you both have come across this is. Yes. Myself, you've raised me to be more in the middle and to, to listen to both sides, right? And and come up with my own I my own thoughts right. on every issue. Um, a lot of what you see today, especially with social media, mm-hmm. are is this concept of like shaming, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's a tactic that has worked. Like if you look at the plastic straws, right? Like people stopped using plastic straws because they showed that video of a sea turtle and everyone, and you know people felt bad about it right but it also has this really bad there's it's a double-edged sword and the other edge of the sword is like really horrible in that it makes people not want to like associate with that group you know they they don't it, it kind of pisses people off when they when they constantly remind you like oh you're a bad person you're doing this wrong like you aren't right i'm right no people got to get tougher skin and people got to stop thinking it's my way or the highway okay because right now the problem with society is you have to either be totally with me, and if you're not, you're totally against me. And there's right. no communication, there's no talking, there's no middle. And when I grew up, there was always a middle. There was always a conversation. Now it's cancel culture, which is the stupidest thing in the world that I've ever heard of. Right. Yeah. Like I'm just going to stop talking to you. Yeah, also, no, I agree. you don't. You can't judge somebody if you don't know their story. Because all right, you could judge me. I was out today with my plastic Dunkin' Donuts uh, cup and my plastic straw. Do you know what year that plastic straw and that plastic donut cup came yeah, into you, my house? Yeah. I keep them and <laughs> I reuse them. You do, I can, I can attest for this I for like 10 them. years. <laughs> I wash them and you know, I'm not saying they'll never end up getting thrown out or put into recycle, but I use the heck out of them in the meantime. And so if everybody just did that, which to me is a compromise, there's less in the landfill. Not that there won't be anything, but there'll be less. And, uh, oh, there were some other things that I had issues with, but. Um. Well, even recycling, uh, uh, you know, the, the facts of recycling are when you, you know, our, t- our town, you know, about 40% of the stuff that you put to the recycling uh, Curb. process yeah. process mm-hmm. doesn't even get recycled. It turns right. out to be garbage. They don't even recycle it. So you think you're doing something good and the process because town won't pay enough to do it properly. So they ship it out to somebody else to get it recycled and it becomes a business for them yeah. and, and, and a, a cost cutting measure for them. So basically, you know, 40% of what we recycle doesn't even get recycled in, in my town. I don't know how it is the rest of the world. Well, so I want to, that's a good point. And I want to touch on that. So a lot of, a lot of what we talk about, mm-hmm. Uh, what I talk about with other environmentalists is how we can use business to, and there's a demand, there's a growing demand. Like the society is changing. People like younger people are demanding more sustainable products and, and businesses are making that transition. Older people too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. You're, you. you're changing your <laughs> thoughts. Exactly. And changing the ways are changing. The, there's no doubt about it. The ways are changing. Yes. Um, and we're aware. It's not that we didn't care before. It's that we were not, not aware of the repercussions. Yeah. Now, across generations, we are more aware. And I don't spit my gum out the window like I used to. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> no, but 
but businesses. So do you think that there's a, a possibility for businesses to step up and meet this demand? Right. I, I see you're looking up something no, there. No, no, meet what demand? Meet the new demand for sustainably produced goods and services. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Have, you, have you seen that on the stock market, for example? Right? I do, but the two biggest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions, okay, according to the EPA.gov website, is transportation, 28%, and electricity, 27%. Yeah. So they're the biggest contributors and then industry at 22%. So commercial and residential are only 12% of that of that pie. Yeah. So it's not it's not that commercial and residential people are doing the worst things in the world in terms it's, of climate. It's green in terms of greenhouse yeah. emissions. The, the the worst thing is transportation and electricity. So that those com- are the worst producers of CO2 emissions in the world. And that's going to come down to government Basically, like we that that's right. it doesn't come down to us as citizens. We can we can, you know, not pollute with the plastics, but the industry has got to stop creating the plastics. So you you brought up a, a good point the other day about. So uh, if you look at if you look at Biden, right, I know I know you both didn't vote for Biden, but he, he is running right now on climate as his big platform. Like any news outlet you see, it's Biden climate, this Biden climate, that right. Yes. Um, it's clearly and that's what he ran on when he was running against Trump. Mm-hmm. Do you and do you think that he has a chance at making that change on the go- on the on the federal level? That Absolutely not. That Obama wasn't able to. Absolutely not. He's been in politics for 48 years and he's done nothing. OK. And he'll promise you everything and nothing will happen. And it's not because of him. He may be he may have the intentions to do it and really be, you know, uh, committed to the environment. And that may be his thought. But there's too many uh, too much political power, Congress and and corruption and businesses and special interest groups that all get in the way. And it's all about money and it's all about what they what they're going to make and do. And they'll tell you whatever they're going to tell you. Now, Joe Biden may himself be totally committed to the environment, but Trump in the four years he was in there was committed to a lot of ideas that he couldn't even get through because because so many people oppose powerful people in business, powerful people control the money and they control all the special interest groups and the lobbyist groups. They stopped whatever his good intentions were. Same people are going to stop whatever Biden's good intentions are. Yeah. No that, matter how good his intentions are. Yeah, that's a good point. And in that case, I think it's it's Congress, right? Like that's the big road, roadblock for, for Biden. Lot to, lobbyists. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and big business. And, and, and the few, few people who control and run this country, even though we, we are supposedly democratic. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's kind of like that metaphor that people use uh, for big government and that making any kind of change isn't like steering a small vessel. It's like steering a cruise ship, right? Like it, it change, you can't pivot and change in one direction quickly. It takes a lot of time and forward thinking and, and momentum. Yeah, cooperation. <laughs> and you have to have a lot of people all together looking to do the same thing. And unfortunately, this world 
even though it's gotten smaller and smaller over the years, you know, between, you know, when I was a kid, China was so far away and nobody knew what was going on over there. The world globally is so small now, but we're not all on the same page. And I don't see us ever getting on the same page. And it's always going to be a detriment to what's going on environmentally. Yeah. Well, well, I will say this, though, what you've seen, I mean, I've seen this personally in the past, however many years, but uh, climate change for for one, plastic pollution, definitely in the past, like 10 years, if you look at how often these things make news headlines, it's I, I would say it's it's become a, a global concern, right? Like people, people all over, you got the, you know, <laughs> you got the Greta Thunbergs, you got um it's it's something that's brought up in in Europe. It's something that's brought up in everywhere. Climate pollution, all of this. It's mm-hmm. we're starting to see, and it's 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 a it's a product of a lot of different things. Uh, social media being one of them. Everyone has cameras now, so we can document all this kind of stuff. Right. So we're more um, aware of things that we weren't aware of before. Even, yeah. Like for instance, we we all were personally affected by Hurricane Sandy or Trop, uh, Superstorm Sandy is what it's really called. And the that was like what seven eight years ago at this point, and well, yeah, our years. real estate prices by the water, which in the past were oh you're by the water, then you're you know the prices are higher at your, for your house, they still haven't come back because now people are more aware of the problems that can happen, and we now I be, I mean talk say what you want about global warming. I think that we are in more trouble than we were in the past as far as a risk of getting hit again. I don't know why. I don't know if it's something we've done as a population, you know, with the global warming. I don't know if it's because we really shouldn't be living this close to the water in the first place. Some of it's habitat loss. Uh, right, right. The wetlands that, that um, basically block. That that part that got filled in, the the thing that was filled in from, to, for the, from the barrier islands. Yeah, barrier islands. Uh, you know, things like that. There's all these... And that's also people made because they want their boats to be able to go through. So they dredge where they shouldn't be dredging. People have uh, bulkheads. You're not supposed to have a bulkhead along the bay because the bulkheads cause even more problems. You're supposed to have a beach so that the, the waters can come in and go out the way nature intends. And people have made it so that their backyards are, are, are kept nicer and they have more property. They build bulkheads and that goes against the environment of the bay, which goes out to the ocean and Hence, we get a superstorm. Yeah, or the the impacts of one of these storms. Right, and uh, you see that down in Florida, um, coral reefs are a big uh, buffer. Mangroves are a big buffer. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, man- mangroves are a huge buffer to storms. They they hold in the soil, they hold in that land, and they they absorb the impacts. Right. So I, I mean, that's development. That's a whole mm-hmm. whole issue, right? But um, it, I mean, you you do see that and. I mean, this this year alone, there were we I know I didn't see it that much with the surf, but like and we didn't get hit with any of these. But there were a ton of name, a ton of named storms in oh the Atlantic. Oh, my God. Yeah. We I think from our alphabet to the Greek alphabet. Did they touch the Greek al- yeah, alphabet? Yeah, they went halfway through the Greek alphabet. <laughs> see, but I think <laughs> we went up just, to Iota. I, I believe that's cyclical. I don't believe it's global warming over the over. If you go over a hundred year period. This is a blimp, a blip for one or two years, which is two percent of the time. So, you know, of a hundred-year period. So, well, in a hundred-year period, you're going to have your ebbs and flows. 
So we're in the ebb, not the you know we're in the high, not the low. Well, what I what I will say is is look, this year look a little look a little bit at the data. It's it's not it's 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 like the stock market, right? You see, you you want your portfolio to keep going up, right? It can go up and down, but as long as it trends all the way up, mm-hmm. that's what we're seeing with the climate. Though is it goes up and down, but overall the trend is is up, and and that that's not going to. It's not Look, it's not going to harm us in the immediate now, but the future of if you think of like crops, our food, mm-hmm. all this stuff, it's okay. gonna, it's going to change it and all. And it's also the way things used to be taken care of. Do you realize that California had the worst uh, um, fire season fire season over this year? Okay, the last couple of years, and everything's burning to the ground. But in the past, God, Lauren, I I'm see sorry, you I, was, this, I was actually going to touch on that because. Were you raising your hand? Yes, I was raising my <laughs> That's hand. why I stopped. Because, um, no, it was, I found it so disturbing, um, all the animals that died, all the people that were hurt or died and lost everything. And it was done in um, the mistakes that were made, I'll put it that way, were done in the name of environmental conservation, which was they didn't want to take out any of the dead trees. They didn't want to take the dead leaves. No, you leave everything the way it's supposed to be because you might displace an animal who might now have to make his little nest somewhere else or build his little burrow in a different tree. And instead of doing controlled burns and clearing out the dead brush, they left it. So when there was a man-made fire, because these were man-made fires. I these, think it was like 80% or something of the fires were started arson. man-made. Yeah. Well, one, one of them was no, a... Uh, no, no, but this is why it's not global warming. This is why... No, not that. No, no but this to- is why, like all the fires, people immediately go, oh, it's because of global warming. You know, the stars in L.A. get on the on the news and say... Oh, it's global warming. G- no. Gavin Newsom got no. on TV saying it's Gavin Newsom got <laughs> yeah. on TV saying it's global warming. No, it's not effing global warming. It's because you didn't rake the leaves. It's people not doing the controlled burns. It's the money that used to go into all these national parks is not being distributed there. It's going into someone's pocket now. Yeah. Okay. And all these all these issues are created by man and man's greed, man's and man's gender reveal parties. I don't know if you <laughs> yes, saw that. It yeah. was a gender reveal party that's caused one. No, <laughs> okay, but, but, but this is what but, I'm saying. Okay, so it's in, not global warming. But my, and my point is that by doing these controlled burns and by doing the... the, the, the can, you uh, grab, can you grab me a beer too? <laughs> by, by doing the logging, you're not decimating the forest and you're not misplacing or displacing the animals. Maybe just temporarily then they find a new home. Instead, you just killed them all in a fire. Is that better? Yeah. So I I don't know enough about forest management to really Even look to the really New York Times had had articles beyond they called California a tinderbox because of their lack of cleaning up and doing these controlled control fires and doing the uh, the removal of the dead wood that was in there. The Times called it a tinderbox a few years ago. So I just, I just want to go on record saying I am for the environment. I am. I yeah. really want the environment to do great. I really. Yeah, for our children, I our really grandchildren, want, our great yeah, grandchildren. Yeah, I do. I do. I want you to be able to live on this planet and enjoy this planet every which way that we did. But you know, a lot of the issues that are coming about 
we got to be honest about and we got to not just blame and do cancel culture on. We have to talk about the issues and get on the same page. And we have to get other countries around the world to get on the same page. And if we don't have the political will to do that and actually get the countries that are not doing the right thing on board with us, then we're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. I mean, only together we can we can make the real changes happen. But what you touched on with the national parks made me think of another topic that I want to talk about. The Teddy Roosevelt was a Republican, right? Or am I wrong? I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't I remember. I was absent either. that day. Yeah, yeah, I was absent that <laughs> day in social studies too. It. Yeah, but but the na- uh, protected areas, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is an interesting topic. So uh, the Obama administration they they created the can- uh, Northeast Canyons and Seamounts National Monument offshore here, right? And that was that was to protect against offshore drilling in this area, uh, exploitation in terms of fishing on this deep sea vulnerable ecosystem that a lot of like dolphins rely on it. Whales rely on it. Like all it's a it's a huge, hugely productive area in our ocean. They they also created the uh, uh, I I don't know how to pronounce it, but the Hawaii National Marine Reserve. It's the Papa. uh, I, I don't know. It's really long. I, there's, <laughs> there's no shot that I, I can okay. pronounce it. But he he created these protected areas, mm-hmm. uh, and and Trump was trying to roll roll back the um, Northeast Canyons and Seamounts Marine Monument. And w- if you look in the past, like that, the United States have some of the most incredible natural areas in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like I know there was uh, they they have the pl- you know Blue Planet, um, Planet Earth. They can do it. I think they have done an entire episode on just the different ecosystems in the United States. And we we do have national parks that are in desperate need of more funding. Mm-hmm. And and there are other we should. I personally believe that and a lot of other people believe there's a there's an effort to protect 30 percent of our oceans by 2030, um, that we need more of these protected areas rather than less. And this is in talking about economics here. Um there's a, a live shark, for example, is worth incredibly more alive than it is dead in terms of its value for tourism and and recreational fishing and all this. So there's there's a value for these natural places now, especially even even with the pandemic, to see these places preserved because of tourism, because of uh, just their intrinsic value to us, right? Like people pay, people will pay more money now than they ever have before to visit one of these places. It's educational. To, you learn everything firsthand. Everything that you, you know, you might learn about in school about the animals or the environment or how one one animal lives for another animal or you know the the hierarchy, the the food chains. You get to see it all up close and hands on. Yeah, especially today when the the boundary between man and nature is, is falling apart because we, there's less and less truly natural places that are unimpacted by humans. And my question is, I mean, what, I know, I know the Trump administration wanted to roll that back. What do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about creating more protected areas going forward? Well, I think there's nothing wrong with protected areas. If you let business build, they're going to build and build and build, and they'll build on every single space available till there's nothing left. And they'll build. And that's that's just that's just the natural evolution of a 
a corporation or a business type thing. Yeah. So yeah, you do have to fight it. And I do, I do believe in protected spaces. And I do believe you have to keep them protected. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, for example, with this Northeast Canyon Seamounts Monument, it was really to protect it from the prospects of mining and deep sea mining, deep sea extraction, all of that. It's a completely new area, but mm-hmm. if people can make money off of it, they're going to make money off of it. And it's, it's in a place that the ocean is unforgiving. A lot can go wrong out there. They're building. It's like what we were saying. They, they're building where they shouldn't be building. Right. right? Like, and, and I'm all for the conservation and the keeping things that should be. You know, you think of old Italy, you know, the Vatican, the, the ruins uh, uh, in what? Pompeii. These things are not only uh, cultural value, the historical value, yeah. Uh, the Colosseum in Rome, you know. I mean, this is something that four hundred years ago, you know, there was so much going on over there, and you have to preserve these things. The, you know, the Grand Canyon. We've never been there. We still want to go there. Yeah, it's one of the most amazing things on earth. Okay? Yeah. So, so yes. Uh, they should all be preserved. They should all... Uh, uh, and you have to fight for it. Yeah, and you have to fight your ass off for it. You really do. And that's what... I mean, That that's uh, that's one question that I really wanted to bring up, though, because um, I, personally, that that's a big push with the oceans right now is protecting more mm-hmm. ocean areas because there's... I mean, there's a, a whole bunch of benefits. You see spillover effects. The popular... If you prevent fishing in one area, the, the populations grow. They spread into adjacent areas. People... Fishermen gain from Brian, it. I don't Everyone even gains think from you it. remember this cool. when the ex was it the the when Exxon Valdez the oil spilt into the uh, into the, uh, the was it Alaska the Gulf oh no 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 that 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 was the Gulf oil spill. oh the, not the that Valdez was, that was another one but there there was one I remember where, that I was in high school and, and they okay you were in high school and they had to do the cleanup and they had the nets and they and they had the pictures on TV of all oh, these little baby animal in 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 oil covered in oil and they were trying to save them and everything i I mean that's when people came together and they and they and they tried to you know push push against the oil companies and push back and they had some momentum so i don't know what creates the new momentum today it may be the social media it may be the cancel culture but it may be energy of the youth making all the old timers, you know, bow over and, uh, to them. But but they're going to be a hard bunch to destroy because they're tough old bastards and they yeah. control all the money. And you got to get out there with an army against them in order to beat them back. Well, it's like, it, it, this is, I want to make a comparison here. Um, just thinking about Greta Thunberg, right? The, that That's kind of that youth that all, there was all this energy around her. And kind of what spun from that were all of these like youth climate protests. It was mostly in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I'm, I'm torn between this because, yeah, it, you know, it, 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 it created an avenue for all of these youths who care about this stuff to to join together. Right. And, and find common cause. But at the same time, like when you see when you see youths kind of uh, joining these these activist movements, you, you have to step back and I'm old enough now at this point where like back in the day, yeah, I was all punk rock. I was all, you know, fight the system, all this stuff, but I didn't know. I know now I, now that I'm older, I know that I didn't 
understand everything, right? Uh, like, and I'm looking down at looking looking at these youths say who are like they're super inspired to make changes, but that's that's kind of all that it is is that they're inspired and they don't understand the full problems. Like they've never been out on a fishing boat. They've never been like to, I don't know, a, a power plant. They've never seen, right. they've never seen things with their own two hands. You have a lot of, with social media day, you have a lot of youths who just see a video online and they're like, I want to stop this. I, I mean, you guys had that back in the day with the dolphins. That was. Oh yeah. I, I did my protest in sixth grade. Yeah. You were a protester. <laughs> I was, I was, I protested sun kissed tuna and bumblebee and I wanted I don't think I safe. was I think I was in detention I, <laughs> and I made my big oak tag sign and I we went in front of the supermarket with my sixth grade teacher and we protested and we only wanted tuna that was dolphin safe because they got caught in nets yeah but from the fishermen and, and now we have dolphin safe tuna well no, because but that, of me thank that, you that movement though was it's it's studied now and it's known in the environmental community especially the fisheries community as like one of the first activist movements that really did something right mm -hmm. but but what i see i mean when i see everyone and it seems like climate climate change is the one topic that sorry that we're we're still a little bit divisive on uh, between you and i right <clears throat> we we agree on overfishing we agree mm -hmm. on plastic pollution we yeah, agree right. on we agree on habitat loss right. development right. Mm -hmm. but it just it just seems that like climate is the one that it, that we just of what's causing it. it well, well yeah what's well what's causing it but like how to move forward and and that seems to be the one issue that we uh, as we come back in this conversation i believe it's just see i believe climate change is more a political issue just to gain votes for the people who want to stay in power i mean it's true nothing to do with climate change i'm not arguing it's that it's making the the sheep follow and vote for you and yeah. you're in power and then you do whatever the hell you damn well please i honestly feel if you look at climate change from us from up in the sky and you're looking at it <laughs> at a broad broad uh, spectrum and you're looking at it over the course of a hundred years, it's bullshit. <laughs> and on that no. note, is uh, cake getting served soon? <laughs> no, no, but it, it, it's the one. It's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to share after this some some data with you. All right, some studies just to show you, just to show you a little bit more. But re regardless, like that is the one issue that it we seem to not be able to wrap our heads around. It's fine. We can, we can, you know, disagree. But, um, I think the I think the big takeaway here is that we have a lot more in common than a lot of listeners out there might think. And I want, I want the people who are listening to this to understand how you feel about this stuff, because yeah. no, it's not, it's and, not us against them. It's well, not us against them. Well, also climate change is the one issue that isn't tangible for us. Like you, right. ev everything that you've said, you, you have an, an example on that it, it's influenced you or you've seen it somehow. Fishing, pollution, mm -hmm. habitat loss, all of this development. There there are examples that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But climate change is – it is the White Walkers. It's literally this one – it's this existential – you and I don't believe it. Yeah, it says me. Uh, and and says a lot. It says a lot no, of other people. I, I, but and I'm the same age as you, but I agree with Brian. Right. I'm I'm gonna go to the wall. I'm Jon Snow, 
I'm going to go to the wall and, and with, but I'm not saying that I'm canceling canceling you because we don't agree. And I'm not agreeing to disagree no, because and, uh, we're not at that point. I'm not I'm not <laughs> so in my corner and so you in your corner that we're not talking to hey, each other. You you're fired. <laughs> no, but and I'm, I, I, no worries. I'll get another job. <laughs> no and, kidding. And as his mother, I'm going to get another job at a coal firm. <laughs> oh God! As his mother, if he's going to give up, you know, and fight toward the white, the white walkers, everybody else better join and him. I Otherwise, nothing, he's not allowed to go. And I want nothing more than him to keep fighting his fight against the white walkers that he wants to do, right. which is climate okay. change. Which is climate change. Which is fine. I got nothing. It doesn't because you know what? doesn't what mean I won't right? see doesn't mean <laughs> yes. I won't see eye to eye with you one day. Right now, I don't agree with it, but and that's, that's fine. Okay. We can beg to differ, right? But that's okay. It, 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 it's not a it's <laughs> not a, I don't agree with you, and I'll never agree with you. It's that we're at a different viewpoint right now. That's all it is. Yeah, right now the White Walkers are still over the wall. This you know they're still they haven't crossed over yet. They're not an immediate. Well, they're, they're starting to become an issue. But um, but yeah, I, I, th I think uh, though, uh, you know, if people would just instead of looking at this on such a global scale, if people would just take responsibility for themselves, what a difference we would make if everybody decided to keep their plastic straws and wash them like I do and only throw them out like once every four years, we'd lower the uh, the pollution in the landfills. If we all decided not to litter not to use a plastic bag, just yourself, for yourself. And get involved locally with your stuff. Like the, you were talking about the recycling problems here. All right, the recycling problems, or if there's a beach cleanup, there is nothing more fun, especially during a pandemic, to finally get out there and see other people. And believe me, picking up garbage on the beach is way more fun than sitting at home and watching TV. Agreed. At least you're in the fresh air, you meet other people, you make friends, you're breathing fresh air. And you're picking up garbage. And I have to say, there you guys have made a huge difference in my lifetime because even in your lifetime, if you think about it, Brian once did a, a beach cleanup with Surfrider in Long Beach and had to dig up a discarded toilet. Um, the garbage was unbelievable. If he was to go today to Long Beach, you wouldn't find half that garbage. Yeah. Because the awareness of people because of people like you, Brian. And it was bad press for the town. It was, <laughs> nobody likes a toilet found on their beach. But my point is, is that just within, let's say the past 10 years, the difference in our shoreline here for garbage is incredible. Plus we have so many volunteers, people who really care, who are picking up after other people. There's always going to be people who are littering, who are throwing dirty diapers, throwing their, their red solo cups. There's always going to be those people, but there's less of them now. And there's more people who are willing to say, oh, I'm walking to the bathroom anyway. Hey, look, there's a piece of garbage. I'll pick up that one piece of garbage. Yeah. If everybody just picked up one piece of garbage on their way to the, the food court or the bathroom at the beach, the beach would be so much cleaner. And it is so much cleaner because people are doing that. And I'll, I, I want to end this on one really positive note, too. Um, that was a really good point, Mom. And I, I want to talk about New York City because... People, this was very recently, there was a whale in yes. the Hudson River. Mm -hmm. they, back in, when you were young, mm -hmm. what they were throwing, I mean, uh, there was a lot. That whale would have well, been floating gonna, on the top I'm of the water. I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> My father was Harbor Patrol, okay, in New York City. Yeah. So he was uh, on a police boat going around. On the Hudson. On the Hudson River. 
And one summer when I was probably 12 years old, uh, I had a job of working for the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. You worked for the EPA? I worked for the EPA. <laughs> and what we did is we took these discs and we went out to the Hudson River. Secchi discs. And, and we put it down to see how far you could see down yeah. in the Hudson River. Well, this was before Operation Sail, which was what, 1970? Uh, well, before the Clean Water Act, probably. It was probably 1975. Okay. Uh, around around the Clean Water Act, around all the environmental movement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You put the disc down. You could. The Hudson River was. Uh, 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 I, I'm trying to think of it. It was 80 feet deep in some points. Yeah. Six foot deep is what you could see, and then you couldn't see the disc anymore. Yeah. That's how polluted the water was. After six foot deep, you couldn't see anything anymore. That was in 1975, and I know they put the laws together and everything and they stopped the uh, up the Hudson there were a lot of industry dumping into the Hudson mm -hmm. oh yeah which led out into the ocean combined sewer overflows there was a the there was a bunch of stuff going on and the Clean Water Act made it so that well, they, they I don't cleaned even it think up. I ever told you this uh, but I worked for the EPA in 1975-ish oh you okay. environmentalist with my you. father as a summer <laughs> job and we were we were yeah. On the my father piloted the boat, and we worked with the EPA, and I was a deckhand on the with the EPA, yeah, yeah. helping them out in their thing. That's, That's cool. the one thing I remember was uh, back then in that time period that you could. Now I bet you today, if you drop that same disc, you could it's see better. a lot more than six feet. It's I can promise. I can promise. That's an that's a great way to to end yeah. it. You can definitely see a little bit deeper in the Hudson. There's whales coming back. There's a lot of life coming back, and that's that's all a testament to. Um, these environmental regulations that were put in place, these, you know, th these approaches for clean water. Yeah. And so if we if we do protect it, it they will come. It makes a difference. If it you protect really... it, they will come. Well, thank you, Brian, for inviting us tonight. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me I, <laughs> back home. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. We'll have more conversation around Christmas dinner for sure. But uh, yeah, good stuff. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.